0: The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. I am Emily Swallow, also known as the Armorer on The Mandalorian, and I'm just giving a little shout out to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast because this is the way.
1: You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 78.
0: Hello there. It's a
1: power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my
0: only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a quick reminder, you can get your own official Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt, or coffee mugs, stickers, magnets, all sorts of things that encapsulates our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. They are available in various sizes and styles. And so you can get your shirt or various accessory at sqpn.com slash merch. And I will throw out that we have a new logo up there for the StarQuest uh, production network in general. So that one's a a good one to, to look for as well. Also, we have a new way to join the StarQuest fan club mailing list. And you can text StarQuest to 66866. So that's text StarQuest, all one word, to 66866. Super fancy tech way to join the the mailing list. Also, of course, please be sure to share the show on your favorite social media so we can reach new audience members and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so that way we can also get seen by more people on those platforms as well. So today we are discussing the fifth episode of The Bad Batch called Rampage. And tonight, since all my usual co-hosts are unable to join me today, I am very happy to welcome back onto the show a special guest, our CEO of StarQuest himself, Don Bettinelli. Hello, Father. Great to be here. Hello. <laughs> it is wonderful to have you back on the show. I'm
0: excited. You're just as much of a
1: Star Wars geek as we are. But Yes, yes. Uh,
0: excited to be back to talk about Star Wars. Because whenever I edit the show every week, I'm always like, I want to discuss this with you guys. So now I get to do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of fun with it. Uh, before we begin our discussion on the episode, though, I do have a couple questions for you first. Okay. So I asked my co-host this um, when we started the Bad Batch. And so I want I want your take on it. Which Bad Batcher do you relate to or identify with the most?
0: OK, so my favorite as in like, I think the character who I embodies the best qualities of the Bad Batch is Hunter the leader okay but i also like his heart and i feel like he's got a real father uh, uh like a fatherly attitude toward omega and that really mm-hmm. i really like that too and so i i i really like him as best as the the character and i maybe identify with him as the father figure because like, i'm a dad too uh but i also really like wrecker because he's just He's just a kid. He's a big kid, and I really like that. So uh, it's a little of both, and I'm I'm a little bit like wrecker in that sense with the sense of humor, uh, and awesome. like kind of bumbling through things.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think most of us chose tech, uh-huh. which I was kind of surprised you didn't because of your your tech tech stuff over there. But yeah. Um, it totally makes sense who you choose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. There's something about, about hunters is, as the, uh, the, the mm-hmm. leader dad that, that I like.
1: And I, and I, and the more that we go along, the more I like wrecker. He was kind of the one that I was unsure of at first, just cause he's just super strength. But when you get to know his character and his personality, he's a, he's a big softie. And so I do really, really like his character now too. Yeah.
0: And I, I think he's going to be important in this season, but we'll get to that, I suppose. But, uh, yeah,
1: I, I think I know where you're going with that. Yeah. And I think I might have a note there too. Um, the other question that I wanted to throw it, throw your way is, is what do you think overall so far of the, of the bad
0: batch series? Uh, really good, high quality, um, as good as any of the clone wars seasons. And, and I, I, I say that, uh, when they first showed up in season seven of Clone Wars, I was a little unsure, like, what this? This seems kind of like a gimmick, But as mm-hmm. I watch this season, I start to think, well, where are they going? Like, what is their long story where Where are these characters in 20 years, or what not, you know that sort of thing? Um, and I really feel like they've decided to really develop the characters, mostly so far, echo. And uh, and Hunter and even as we'll get into Wrecker, I don't feel like Tech is getting as much development. He's sort of the, pretty mm-hmm. much the same. Um, and of co- of course Crosshair, but but uh, that's a whole other yep. yeah, that's a whole other kind of development. But I, I really I'm enjoying it. I feel like they're putting a lot of complexity into the story. That's not just a straightforward you know uh, uh, obstacle of the week. There's there's more going on, and they're really putting that in there.
1: Yeah. And I and I've always really appreciated. It's got a rebel's feel in the sense of it. it we ha, we're we following another family unit. Yes. Although we're calling it a, a squad or Clone Force 99 or um, I loved how Omega finally in universe called them the Bad Batchers. Yes. Or she you know, she is. <laughs> so we, we have sort of a, a fun nickname to throw their way. They're the Bad Batchers. Right. Uh, but yeah, I really I really appreciate that because I think I mean Star Wars is is kind of meant to be a, a family sort of friendly show and, and movies and and we can all relate to it and we relate to to the different characters at different points and and there's something wholeheartedness just about trying to follow a family as they they struggle to find their way in this galaxy far, far away.
0: You know, as we as we record this, we're recording this on Memorial Day, and it occurs to me that as a in a family, they're they are a band of brothers. There's a because they are mm-hmm. soldiers in arms, and like the clones we saw of you know uh, the five hundred first and you know that sort of stuff. There's a there's a real brotherhood in these guys, so that they are brother, but they're also real brothers. They are clone brothers, mm-hmm. yeah. And so yeah, you're right. There's a family, but it's a different. It's different from the rebels' mm-hmm. family, and I I like it. I, I think it's a different kind of family.
1: And that makes crosshairs separation so much more tragic yes and and rather than him being the the villain that they have to like hunt down and destroy they're the he's the villain that they need to go save right and bring back right
0: the brother they need to redeem and, mm-hmm. yeah very true yeah
1: so i i think that's kind of the, the long-term plan at least with we'll, with this season hopefully there's there's more but uh we'll, we'll see where they go but yeah i think this is uh uh, yeah, a very, very good next step into the to the Star Wars galaxy. Um, jumping into the, the recap then for this episode, uh, we start off with uh, Omega getting her own personal comm device yes. on, on their ship.
0: I figured, Dom, you might
1: relate to that just a little bit. With, <laughs> do, your, do, do your kids have cell phones yet?
0: They they have phones without cell service, so we we decided to okay. to, to go ease into things so they can take pictures and read audiobooks and and, and Kindle books, but uh, no phone calls and texting yet. But <laughs> yeah, it's a big step, and, and that's it's another element of she's becoming part of the family, part of the part yep. of the crew. They're acknowledging. She's not just with them until they can find a place for her. She is part of their group, the batch.
1: Yeah, and they're still sort of like uh hesitant, I think, though, too, because even later on when uh, they go to rescue the uh the the Moochie, mm-hmm. they they leave her at the ship. And and I and I can understand that, right. totally understand that. But there's also still a, a sense that she's she's slowly integrating, but she's still young enough and still a child that Uh, they're they're still kind of yeah unsure what to do with her in that kind of a situation then and then she actually pulls through and and kind of saves the day
0: well you notice that echo i noticed throughout this including in that scene when she gets the communicator he's very much like putting a cap on her on her over enthusiasm he's always pulling her back a bit (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. you know quieting her down you know it's not a toy he's being very serious hunter had less of a role with her in this episode. There were a couple of times where he, he kind of specifically spoke to her, but I noticed it was more Echo this time. And I wonder if they've decided to make sure, uh, apart from Wrecker, who is the big kid, you know, te- whether mm-hmm. it will be Tech or Echo or Hunter, who will be the ones who are going to variously manage her over time, mm-hmm. just to kind of spread that out.
1: That That's an interesting thought. I'd never considered it that way. I sort of always just considered Hunter as the kind of the parental yeah. overarching leader of the of the squad but i i think there's there's totally merit there that each of them have different different gifts to offer omega and different insights to give her and it would fit with some of the theories out there that if omega does have kind of all the the traits of of the the altered clones she could learn something from each of them that they couldn't right all just combine into one one clone or one you know just hunter teaching her everything
0: yeah you know on that line, I wonder that there's been some speculation I've seen that Omega is might it's it's a danger that she could turn into a kind of Mary Sue or a Wesley Crusher, the, mm, the kid who yep. saves the day when the bad batch who are the best of the best suddenly need a kid to save them all the time. Like she's the one who identifies Sid when the others can't. She gets out of the shuttle before right. being discovered. She sneaks into the slavery camp. She releases Moochie, you know, that whole thing. I, I I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead, but no, 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 you're good. But uh, there's there's this I, I don't think they've crossed the line yet, but there would be a danger of that, of her becoming too much of the 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 magic kid who can solve things when the extremely capable adults seem to be bumbling. Uh, I hope mm-hmm. that that's I don't think I think Feloni is smart enough not to go there.
1: But I, I think what it might be doing is foreshadowing future revelations about who Omega is. And, and at least that's, that's one of my theories, mm. um, is that, uh, I'm wondering if she's force sensitive, maybe not, Ooh. maybe not like fully, fully, you know, knows even what's going on. But, and, and you pointed out that she recognizes Sid, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, uh, the other no nobody else does, nobody's met her or met Sid before, but she can sense him and more than just like recognize him from, or her from a poster, it was like she she just intuitively knew but how did she know that's a good point yeah so and if she's force sensitive then it would explain some of these situations that she's getting the bad batchers out of that you know her ability gives her a particular skill set that they don't have
0: right yeah and and is she is she that one of the the as we saw in the mandalorian one of these clones that they've been trying to create the force sensitive that Moff Gideon is behind um I wouldn't doubt that that might be an element
1: that is that is where my brain was going because yeah. it's especially with the story group I mean everything's got to be pointed towards uh the clone of Palpatine yes and the, because they at some point they successfully create a clone that is able to be force sensitive right.
0: I was te- so yeah. I was teasing yeah. my kids that um well i didn't they haven't watched the bad batch yet because they're still finishing clone wars but uh I, I my speculation is i it's really half-hearted speculation but but a couple <laughs> episodes ago when the cam K- and owens were talking about having someone in a cell that they're that they're trying to hide from tarkin and rampart mm-hmm. uh my speculation was that it's grogu in there mm-hmm. um and then but i was i was teasing my kids uh yesterday that um uh, we're going to find out eventually that grogu grows up and becomes snoke and that uh, then kylo ren cuts him in <laughs> half and wouldn't that be the ultimate like killing people oh, oh no
1: <laughs> i think i think it would take us forever to mourn that loss yes. if that was
0: Can, the case. no 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 grogu is not oh. Snoke. but yeah but i i agree it would be i it, all of this has to be pointing toward that idea that mm-hmm. what what palpatine is heading for what his what he's working toward is his own clone so that he doesn't have to rely on a ray to possess her and all that sort of stuff he can just right. do it himself and you bring
1: up a good point that i sort of expected we would have seen grogu in the bad batch mm-hmm. and there's still there's still plenty of episodes left but uh we know he existed at this point exactly. in, the, in the timeline so
0: where did he go where did he go And and how did he end up with those guys uh, uh, that the Mandalorian took him from that gang and mm-hmm. where was he at all that yep. time? And why did he have to yep. be kidnapped from them? And yeah, there's a lot of questions that are still out there that, that aren't revealed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I have, I've, I have something I want to say with that, but we'll, we'll get to that. We we okay. can barely get into our yeah, recap. Yeah. We, uh,
1: <laughs> we need to go back to the bad batchers yes. as, as it were. So, uh, the So, the bad batchers decide that they need to figure out who this bounty hunter is that was tracking omega that that we encountered last week. We of course all know know who she is she 's Fennec Shan because we were introduced to her in the Mandalorian, but they don 't know who she is, so they decide to go to Ord Mantel where Echo knows of an informant Sid who uh, was an informant to the Jedi during the Clone Wars. So I did some digging, and this is, this is Sid's first appearance in Mention. So I, I wondered if she had shown up in the Clone Wars at all, and she hadn't. Right. So this is just something that Echo knew from his time as a, as a clone trooper.
0: And it's Ord Mantell, which we'd heard about in mm-hmm. Empire, or is it Return of the Jedi, where Han says, oh, the, we almost got caught by that, that bounty hunter at Ord Mantell. So, uh, I wonder, I,
1: yep, I know the quote, but I'm forgetting. I wonder if it exactly was Fettic that
0: almost got them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Could be, yeah, um, yeah, and and so and and I think Ord Mantell is, I mean, typically associated with bounty hunters. Right. So, um, at least in the the expanded universe, if not in canon, so they they do find Sid's parlor on Ord Mantel, and she is a female Trandoshan, and she claims to know nothing about Sid. And this is this is what we referred to earlier. Yeah,
0: played by Rhea Perlman. I, I don't know if you remember her. Okay, she was Carlo Tortelli on Cheers, which as someone from Boston, I know all the people on Cheers. But uh, and also Danny DeVito's wife. But uh, okay, but yeah, she. I, I heard the voice and I knew, I knew, and then so I looked it up. And <laughs> I'm like, "Yep, Rhea Perlman, awesome." I love that they keep casting these great actors from outside of sci-fi for all these different roles in the different shows. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure they just love to be part of the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, Who'd, everybody who wouldn't want to be involved.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: So so, yeah, so this is the point where Omega points out that she is Sid. And uh, so they they talk to her about uh, the, the bounty hunter that they're trying to track down. And so in order for them to get information from Sid, she's going to go look things up. But she wants them to do a job for her. And all that she really says is that she wants them to rescue a child named Moochie, who is taken captive by the Zygerian slavers on the other side of the planet.
0: Nice misdirection, so, by the way. Oh, totally. By, totally. By, by referring to them as slave traders, you the, uh, the audience immediately pictures a child. It must be a child, mm-hmm. a person, not yep. somebody's pet rancor. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> Well and and I uh I I so I looked these guys up. The oh, Siberian Slavers yeah. them. are in the Clone Wars. Yeah,
0: they took Anakin and, as and a slave
1: s- at one point. Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah, and uh and they're terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I I just watched those two episodes today. So even just kind of hearing that name would have kind of invoked a sense of like okay, this is this is serious. They were kind of notoriously known as the uh, most notorious slavers in the galaxy mm-hmm. at the time. So they so they agree to this to this uh, mission to,
0: to rescue the child Moochie. Although uh, I just want to add, they don't seem keen on the idea of being called mercenaries. They don't they still don't see themselves as anything other than the soldiers they were yep. loyal to a code. And it's starting to sink in that they're mercenaries now. They're on the run. It, and I, it's interesting to see that transition.
1: And that that raises a good point, too, because I think one of the overarching themes of this whole show is their identity. Yes because they're no longer clone troopers because the Republic is no more. And they have decided not to be part of the empire as crosshair and all the new recruits are. And so, yeah, I think they're, they're still trying to figure out who they are. And, and this episode sort of sets them up to be that kind of uh, mercenary for hire. Cause even Sid at the end of the episode offers them the job of, I'm assuming more missions that are similar but they don't, but Hunter doesn't really jump at that right away. But I, I think we'll probably come back to that. Yeah. So they do agree to, to do this exchange because they're, of course, still looking for information on, on the bounty hunter. And as they are traveling across the planet, Wrecker seems to be having more pain in his head. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this was, I wrote it down in my notes because it was not just like there was no reason for him to mention the pain in his head because there was no crash. There was right. nothing. So I think it was an intentional highlight of the pain in his it's head. It's a clue.
0: Yeah. And we've seen this a couple of times. He's, he's in the yep. last couple of episodes. Yeah.
1: Well, and so, so that that begs the question of what's going on. I, initially, it's, well, when they, when they crashed on the planet, he hit his head mm-hmm. and was complaining of head, head uh, issues. And, and that's why he didn't go out with, with uh, Hunter and Omega as they went to retrieve that uh, part needed for their ship but i i think since it was intentional i think it's more of a clue to something to do with the inhibitor chip exactly
0: yes i agree
1: but i don't even know what that would be the only thing that i could think of at this point was that his inhibitor chip is damaged and somehow it'll it'll affect things going forward if they if they get captured and try to you know try to have the cheminoans you know, activate their inhibitor chip or something. And he'll be the one that is able to kind of break free of it.
0: But I I wonder if what they're doing is hinting at that it's going to activate that the chip, like Crosshair's chip activated, but for some reason it didn't activate in the others. But the concussion or whatever damaged the chip in such a way as to make it active or try to activate and that he will... Okay. Want to, but be- suddenly at some point, because he's so close to Omega. I mean, their relationship is mm-hmm. very familiar and friendly, m- more so even than with the others on a, on a on a level. And so, for if, if he if if he betrays her, that makes it even greater the pain of yep. the betrayal. And I wonder if that's what we're we're heading toward is this, Wrecker, because Wrecker is so just. I mean, he's a big brute, but he's such a softy. And for him to be, to go <laughs> yeah. over to the other side would be so devastating yeah, now, I, I think that might be where we're, we're headed
1: actually, I think that that's a better idea than <laughs> than what i was thinking
0: yeah yeah
1: it it that would i mean that from a storytelling perspective, that would add a lot more emotional weight and drama mm-hmm. yeah uh and and of course, it'll be resolved, of course, but it, that kind of a thing is also good storytelling
0: right. Right, and at some point they 're all going to have to go get those chips out, just like mm-hmm. Wolf and Rex and um the, yep. the third the third guy did um they got their chips out in yep. rebels by the time of rebels, and mm-hmm. these guys are going to have to do the same thing
1: so yeah there's I, I think that there's something there uh so they they do get onto the other side of the planet and they find the the slave traders hiding out in the old Mantell city. And there was an interesting dialogue here that Omega asks about the slave traders and is told, I think Echo is the one talking to her, but Echo says that they are people who sell other people as property. And Omega comments that that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. And Echo, of course, tells her because it's not right. And I I appreciated this, this, the, the comments here, because uh, for one, it it's a subtle nod to to natural law that Omega has she she she's never encountered slavers before she has you know not encountered this sort of thing at all and yet she inherently knows that something's wrong about forcing other people into into slavery mm-hmm. and and so that i think is just super important because that that speaks to the fact that there is this inherent morality even within omega and and we would call that from from the catholic perspective that's the natural law that right. we as all humans regardless of culture regardless of time we have an ins- a sense of morality that is part of how God created us. And so, for example, we all, all people would agree, no matter what culture in that, that murder is wrong, you know? And, uh and so this is an example of, of Omega kind of speaking out of that. And I appreciated that Omega affirms her in that too. Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if Omega will then at some point, look at what, at the clones who are bred to be soldiers who had no choice. And now under the empire are, they're they're not free to leave. You know, they're, they're essentially slaves to the empire Mm -hmm. now. And I wonder if that's going to affect the story going forward as well. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to, there's so many chosen ones, quote unquote, in Star Wars that we don't need another chosen one. But, you know, is she going to grow up to be the leader in the rebel alliance who will fight on behalf of the rights of the clones or something along those lines i don't know Mm -hmm. interesting
1: it's well and that's even just an interesting sort of concept too because of the clones or even the the um, stormtroopers while essentially they're slaves they also at least the the recruits are initially willing recruits the recruits so they've sort of you know but the the troop the clone troopers of course were not but then on on the flip side the Clone Wars did a really good job of humanizing them and showing that they do have free will and right. you know uh, have you know we have Rex and and everybody who's who's broken free from that.
0: Yes, but they had to escape. So they 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 went AWOL. Yep. You
1: know. They essentially yep. Well, but even uh, the Bad Batchers—that's exactly what they did too. Yeah. Is they they escaped that. So yeah it I, th- I think i think there's a lot coming at omega at least on a on an emotional level yeah
0: uh, you know, uh, there's always been this question of the morality of a clone army you know and whether mm-hmm. that whether that's a slave army or not and i i yep. i i hope they kind of confront that that would be good
1: well and and even in star wars they they sort of do the same thing with the droid army, yeah not so much uh i i mean i'm thinking of uh solo the the movie uh-huh. um and oh uh, um, uh I want to say elite, but um l three no. yeah uh, is it l three you know and <laughs> her leading the the droid resi- rebellion yeah. or whatever yeah, you know uh so i mean so they're 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 definitely kind of trying to play some of those moralities out mm-hmm. and um good for them
0: yeah
1: yeah it i mean ultimately it's it's not a good not a good thing in yes. <laughs> in terms of morality to to force mm-hmm. to force yeah uh, any of these sort of things um of course, thankfully, we're not cloning armies or
0: <laughs> not <having yet>.
1: r- <laughs> right yeah or or uh, going
0: all terminator and having a a droid army so i welcome our robot overlords <laughs> <laughs> you know the and the, the the scene where they're standing on the cliff looking down you know when they're they're mm-hmm. spying on the them it reminded me of the mandalorian a, a bounty to rescue a child from a gang right down to spying on the gang from a nearby cliff. Yeah. I, 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 I have to wonder whether that's an intentional, uh, you know, uh, homage or something.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhat intentional. Cause I've, there, there are all sorts of parallels to the Mandalorian, Uh-huh. even just with, with Omega and Grogu. Yeah. You can, you can see both of them as a similar character. And I mean, and it, I think after two seasons, of, seasons of the Mandalorian, Filoni has learned what what is what worked really well in the Mandalorian and then, of course, what worked well in the Clone Wars and can kind of combine them to make it work for the Bad Batch. Right. I, I agree. I I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least a subconscious sort of uh, homage going on there as well. Mm. And so at that point, actually, is when they spot the the the, the clo- or the not the clones, the, the slaves that they think that they're supposed to rescue. Yep. And they are two uh, falling, uh characters. So one of them is a child, and one of them is probably the 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 one of the parents. And so they all head off to go rescue the the child who they think is Muchi, And they have Omega stay at the ship. And as in pretty much every episode, things fall apart. <laughs> yes, and it, they don't go to plan and the entire group the the bad batchers all uh get captured and and they because of they they got attacked by these kind of dragon creatures and and uh then are captured by the 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 slavers
0: they felt a little overconfident going in if you think i mean they felt like oh this is nothing it'll be yep. easy and they're a little overconfident yep. here
1: your overconfidence will be your downfall Undo- <laughs> <or> undoing <laughs> yes. there we go yeah i knew there was a quote there yeah but this sets up exactly what Omega is going to do is is she's going to she's going to come in and save the day. uh. But but before that, I just wanted to point out that this is the part in the episode where she she did get one of those. <laughs> apparently, they make stuffed clone troopers
0: for kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> war propaganda, I guess. But uh, okay. right <laughs>
1: Um, but, but that's where, where she finally, she's, she's telling the gong troy that she made some alterations to the trooper and now she's a bad batcher. Yes. And it, at that point, the, the Zygerians board the ship and look around, but Omega hides and escapes before they notice, of course. And she tries to use her comm to, to call mm-hmm. them. Yep. And of course they can't reply cause they, they have their comms taken away. And so she realizes that the, realizes that they've been captured. And then we go into the the climax of the episode where uh, there's the uh, Omega releases uh, the Rancor, which was release
0: the Moochie, <laughs> <right>?
1: <laughs> and and we have we have the fantastic uh, you know uh, switch of the episode that, that Moochie is not actually that that child, but Moochie is the baby Rancor.
0: Yes. I, I love the fact that there's humor in how they do this. This is a very good uh, comedic timing in one, in, in this uh, sequence. Like th- mm. they reveal that Moochie, like the guy points, no, that's Moochie over there. And then we turn the, the viewpoint and we see... Zygerion's flying through the air. Like, <laughs> oh, great. Now we have to capture that, you know? And it was just, a, it was really nice comedic timing. Now, I, 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 by this point, I'd figured out, and I think probably most of the audience had figured mm-hmm. out that Moochie was not the the little green girl, but was the creature yep. in, the, in the thing. But, yeah, it was, uh, I, and partly because we saw C.O. Bibble talking to Sid via the yep. holo- hologram uh, in her office, uh, which kind of showed this is, this is, But we should probably say right off the bat, Moochie is pretty clearly the rancor that Luke kills, right? Nope. No. Uh, so I,
1: I had to look this up. Okay. And uh, so the the rancor that uh, Luke kills is named Patissa and is male. Okay.
0: Moochie is
1: female. Yeah. And I guess we don't know how old rancors grow to be. That's true. But canonically, they are two different rancors.
0: Okay, okay. Which, I'll,
1: I'll be... as some people pointed out, might be really helpful to the younger kids watching this episode to know that, that Moochie is not the one that perishes by <laughs> spikes and, and the, the gate yeah. coming down with, with Luke. And, and the poor Granker uh, uh, Keeper crying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that guy.
1: <laughs> but yeah. it does point out that, that Jabba likes his exotic pets. He does. He he's, does. Got, he's, got more, he's got at least two Rancors, if not yeah. more. Yeah.
0: Um, I, yeah, I, it it always kind of bugged me in certain novels, Star Wars novels, when they, when they reuse elements too often, like mm-hmm. there, there's, there's gotta be more than one apex predator from these various planets that that is, you know, like a rank or like really dangerous, but yeah, mm-hmm. like, uh, what was the, um, the series of books, the, the trilogy that was aftermath, uh, um, oh. in, yeah, the aftermath trilogy. The, the aftermath trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a point in the first novel, uh, the first one of those novels, where he was like, Oh, it's it's worse than a rancor on a rainstorm in a rainstorm. Or so I don't know, some silly thing like that. And it's like, Why is it always like we you're you're mining the well of the of instead of creating something new, you're going back mm-hmm. to this touchstone that we always go to. Now, this is fine, I I, I don't have a problem because it's, it's Jabba and yeah. and they're they're doing things that make us recognize the characters and it makes puts it in the place of the world that we want but there's a danger of doing that too much and w- too many coincidences and and you know it's a whole galaxy there's more than there's more than 3 huts in the galaxy you know that sort of thing so uh but i'm okay with it here it was fine here and and, and mushi was cute i got to say
1: yeah well and there's <laughs> there's always a quote-unquote rancor on every planet whether it's a rancor or right. you know a grizzly bear on earth or right. you know uh whatever it's uh th- there's always that kind of uh nefarious animal out there right that's true
0: yeah that that was the thing that, that kind of gets me with that so sure but but it's a it's a it's an animation the kids are really a target audience mm-hmm. and you want them to be able to recognize things and to connect with it not so i get it with this yeah
1: well, and and it shows us a different side of a Rancor as well, mm-hmm. because we we know them to be the the gladiator style job of the hut, you know, entertainment and killing beast. Yeah, and here we see a baby Rancor, which, again, you 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 turn anything like that into a baby, and it immediately becomes cute and adorable. I know. You know, I, know. And I want a,
0: <laughs> I want a Moochie doll, like I want a Grogu doll, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: You know, but the other thing that I that I thought was interesting, too, is that they implied very heavily and they showed it actually that that they can be domesticated, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that actually kind of speaks into uh, some of my favorite novels from the pre Disney era. There's and I and I forget if they brought them into canon or not, but uh, in fact, there's a there's a book, The Courtship of Princess Leia. So actually, it's Mm -hmm. where Leia and Han get married, but they go to the planet Dathomir, which Dathomir is in canon. But I don't know if uh, in, in either way in in the book, Dathomir was like the home planet of the Rancors. OK. And so they were domesticated and they would ride the Rancors like horses
0: like Omega does at the end of this. Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: So so I liked that connection. And I just I don't remember if that came over into to, to the Disney canon or not. But hmm. they're they're implying that. I mean, they they can be domesticated and be used for for more than just right beast killing humans that upset Job of the Hutt.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so, They're more than just, yeah, uh, entertainment devices.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, who knew that a ranker could be cute?
0: <laughs> so, Give him big eyes, anything could be cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I was just going to say that then, but we see Record doing the domesticating gear. Yep, <laughs> yep.
1: Which was also a really comedic sort of thing. Like... Yes. At, at one point as they're nearing the end of it, I wasn't sure who was gonna fall first, whether Wrecker was actually gonna <laughs> fall down and knock it up or if the rancor was, but
0: Right, right. Yeah. there's that funny thing. yeah, the 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 punching contest to see which yeah. of the big guy collapses first. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was good. I like that. Wrecker record getting into it. Yeah, yeah. And of course he
1: he came out triumphant and mm-hmm. and they they did rescue Moochie and they rescued the other the other slaves. They they sent them off on on speeder bikes, which was which was good.
0: Right, very good.
1: Um, and then the the final kind of couple scenes are bringing Moochie back to back to uh Sid and and the Sid's parlor and successfully giving him back to or her back to uh, to Bib Fortuna and heading off to off to Jabba, Jabba the Hut.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yes.
1: Uh, and then we, so, so then finally, Hunter gets some information on the bounty hunter from Sid. Because uh, they... I like
0: how Sid calls him into the office. By the way, you dark and broody, my office. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. That was good.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it but it's so true. Like he, he is the <laughs> the broody one. In the... he's
0: the dark and broody one. Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> so they finally figured out that her name is is Fenix Shand, which, like I said, we already knew, and that she's new to the scene, which also kind of jives with what we know uh, mm-hmm. she's got to be f- old enough fairly but still fairly young at this point yeah uh, but she's already proven proven herself to be cunning and ruthless and of course she doesn't know who hired her but yet. that yeah. they know or she knows that she's working on a direct commission so that raises a whole nother question you know who hired fennec shan to track down omega and we talked about this last week, but Dom, I
0: wanted to know if you have any brilliant theories. So the, the obvious one is to say, well, the Kaminoans want Omega back, so they hired right. her. Right. It could be the Empire, because we know that Fennec worked for the Empire. That's what we got told in The Mandalorian, that she, she was known for working for the Empire. So it could be the Empire, you know, early Empire hiring her. Or it could be... Somebody else, and like it it's too early for for it to be Thrawn, because Thrawn yep. isn't even in, in the Empire yet. He's still out in the Ascendancy yep. at this point. Yep. Um. You know, he's been to the um, to the Republic once with Anakin right. that time. Yep. But uh. But he's still not a, a Imperial officer, so that's that's not operative here. I I kind of think it's one of the the people we already know. Like it's somebody mm-hmm. that we've already encountered. So I I kind of feel like it's either. Tarkin, or the Emperor, that sort of thing, or the Kaminoans, and I—I I, I lean more toward it. It feels more obvious that it should be the Empire at this point. Um, I mean, it could they could still be holding a surprise third party mm-hmm. here, but I'm not sure who would who would know of Omega at this point. That's that's the big question, because I'm
1: not even sure they—they've never shown it, but I'm not even sure if. Tarkin knows about Omega, yeah. Because if you remember in the premiere episode, the the Kaminoans say that there were the the five, uh was it five five altered clones, and it was just assumed that Echo was one of the five, right? But they were actually subtly referring that Omega was one of the five, yeah. So it it I we don't have all the we don't have all the pieces yet
0: to to fit this puzzle together, but right, but could be the Emperor. Like, it could be because Darth Sidious has that, that yep. thing where he likes to go around his own people and weaving his his webs.
1: Yep, yep. You know? or maybe maybe it's uh, Darth Vader
0: because oh. he's he's he's
1: around at this point too. But
0: wow, it, it, the brand new Darth Vader in his—I mean, it would. Although he's just got the the outfit on mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, yep. it's really early days yep. for him. Yep. Uh, hmm.
1: Interesting. I don't suspect we'll see Darth Vader. I think they'll yeah. save him for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yep. And yeah. and oh, we'll my. keep
0: <laughs> so
1: looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. I think that's uh I think they're filming now, so it's twenty I yeah. think twenty twenty two. Yeah. Is what we're looking Probably at for. Probably after that. the Andor series. Yeah. Is my guess. Oh. I can't wait till we get a timeline so we kind of know, like, and and I hope and I assume and I hope that they're going to do it like the Marvel shows where they don't overlap. I would like them to kind of be spaced out. Please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) First of all, for the for the podcast, but also just (laughs) because
1: I want I want, you know, more Star Wars content, you know, the entire year and not just all at once. And then
0: and then I think (laughs) they
1: want that. They want to give us a reason to
0: stay subscribed to Disney Plus. So
1: yeah. It, it's a good marketing technique for sure.
0: Think of what we've got coming in the next year. We've got Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian yep. season three, andor Cashin, Obi Wan, and we're not even talking yep. no movies have been announced. Yep. <laughs> like I mean and you know there's other stuff in the wings. That's mm-hmm. that's what's exciting. Is is yeah. what we haven't even heard about yet.
1: You missed the Ahsoka show.
0: Oh my gosh, the Ahsoka that show. That one's gonna
1: be so good. And oh, yeah, and there so there's there's exactly. even others, um yeah, uh
0: the Rangers, visions,
1: the visions. Rangers is unclear. I don't yeah. know if you've been uh, noticing. Um, there, there I was, have. There's speculation out there whether or not that one is currently, I guess, not not in active production. So right. whether that means with with Gina Carano no longer in, whether or not that show's going to go forward or not, but I guess or, they'll they'll or let us know.
0: Recasting or re reframing it with a different character right. as a ranger or something like that i, I yeah. expect
1: what they're doing is just they're just putting the pause on it until they can kind of figure out what they want to do with it yeah so yeah um but i mean beyond that there's all sorts of, of fun stuff yeah. yeah and then there's the acolyte i think is the name of that one. Oh, which is a which, high
0: republic one
1: yep. yeah and i and I, yeah. and I we don't know anything about it but other than it's the I, I suspect it might be Palpatine's rise to power
0: or or do you think earlier than that? It's got to be early because the High Republic is like 150 years before the, effect, mm-hmm. the events of Phantom Menace. So, so it could, it could be, be Plagueis. Plagueis, yes. There we go. Would, the Acolyte. That would be interesting. Uh, we'll see. Or or someone who encounters Plagueis, like a, a Jedi who yeah. comes up against them. Um, yeah. That would be interesting. So,
1: yeah, there's... <laughs> it's such a fun fun time to be a star wars fan
0: it is it is the thing i get left with with this this episode is at the end of it is can they trust sid that's the question i keep coming back to is in, in at least just for this episode is is she you know is she going to turn on them is she going to turn them in like she doesn't in the in, as yeah. that we see but can they trust her is is she you know can they who can they trust and that's my, a big thing
1: my gut says yes because mm. the Jedi trusted her.
0: Mm, yes,
1: that's true. So, i <laughs> I know the Jedi don't have very much credibility at this point in the galaxy, but <laughs> for me, they still they still have that kind of respect. So, if right. if they thought she was okay, that's um, true. I think. But even like Sid, at the end of the episode, she just assumed that the bounty hunter was after all of them and not just Omega. Yeah. So she doesn't even have all the pieces too, and 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 Hunter didn't tell her that which is it smart. was Omega that they were hunting. Right. So mm. so even Hunter's keeping keeping some of the cards close to his chest. Yeah. But I think she was right that they do need friends and money, mm-hmm. of course. But I think right. I think she might be one of those friends that they'll utilize going forward.
0: Yeah. One thing that I that I uh, wanted to bring up was just from in general is they're mighty conspicuous walking around in those outfits, which are unlike any other clone trooper outfits. And I wonder how long they're going to be able to continue to do that and not stand out. You know, it's -hmm. it's an interesting, I mean, it could be, they just, we want them to look like the bad batch always. And so Mm -hmm. we're not going to make a big deal out of, out of their wearing their armor, but um, they they could, and it would be interesting to see them have to deal with that, their identity.
1: Mm Mm-hmm they They seem to have uh swapped out of the out of their armor when they need to um mm-hmm. on some of the other planets where the the empire was at,
0: right and the cornered yeah
1: yep the... yep so so perhaps they're wearing it when they think they're unlikely to encounter other troopers or the empire. Mm. I guess I can totally understand that I mean I'm sure they feel the most comfortable in their own armor and right. and you know work best with that true, but. True you make a point too that. I mean, they do stand out.
0: Yeah. They're not exactly so, inconspicuous between right. Echo Wrecker and, and at least Hunter, <laughs> <They> all, <laughs> like Hunter has the, the, the face tattoo. So yeah, yeah. this, they, they do kind of stand out.
1: Yeah. I will, we'll see where they, where they go with that. But, um, hmm. but I mean, at least initially they don't, I mean, they don't look like the other clone troopers. They, they definitely, right. you know, so they're, and I guess you could just with the galaxy that big, you could just assume that there's this weirdo bunch of groups in armor that are walk walking around, yeah,
0: yeah, but, I know you there's probably places you can go that are far from you know way out on the outer rim, far yep. from all the other where you know the all the other clone troopers had been, and battles were, and that sort of stuff, yeah, they could do it
1: we'll see we'll see um any other final comments from you on this episode?
0: No, that'll do it. I I enjoyed. I enjoyed this one. It was a good story. It was a fun. It was a bit of a fun little romp. That little action sequence at the end satisfied the the need Mm -hmm. for the action. Uh, One thing I want to mention is I was listening to Father Roderick in his podcast today, and he said something which was really cool about The Bad Batch, which is when you watch it, they really do film it, quote unquote, even though it's animation. They frame the scenes in a very much a Star Wars way. And when you look at it, the 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 scene transitions, like when you have that circular opening on, you mm-hmm. know, from when you have a ship flying through and uh, the way even just the way that ships fly past and the camera doesn't quite track. And there's certain things like that that very definitively the Star Wars look. And mm-hmm. I thought that was very insightful of him to see that. Uh the Bad Batch feels like Star Wars in, in that way. So I really am appreciating that.
1: Yeah. And, and that is totally intentional because yeah. it's animated. Oh, yeah. There is no actual camera there. You know, it's exactly all, they can make it look and feel exactly how they want to. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I think even we uh, in previous episodes have talked about the animation style and, and stuff. Yeah. and how Just phenomenal it is. And, and yeah, this this feels like Star Wars. Definitely. Definitely. So it's 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 a lot of fun, and I'm glad we still have a number of episodes to, to go. So uh, that'll do it from us uh, this evening. And uh, so, of course, listeners, we want to know what you thought of this episode of The Bad Batch. And you can let us know in various means. You can email us any comments or feedback at starwars at sqpn.com, or you can leave us comments on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash media. Or you can tweet us um, on Twitter at SQPN. And as always, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Kyle J., Mary S., Renee C., Elizabeth B., and Zach W. Their generous donations at SQPN.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, of course, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the various other sources so that way you don't miss an episode. And you can find us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just be sure to hit that bell to get notifications. And you can find all of our previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars by going to sqpn.com slash star wars. And we will be back next week as we will take a deeper look into episode six of The Bad Batch. So until then, Dom Bettinelli, thank you for sharing The Secrets of Star Wars with me this evening.
0: My pleasure. Happy to be here.
1: And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on
0: StarQuest.